Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 10, Let God Prevail. I feel like 10 should be some sort of anniversary, even though it's not that long. But I don't know, like 10 year anniversary for marriage is a big deal. I can do a 10 episode anniversary. Maybe I'll feed myself a treat after I'm done with this. <laughs> um, so after recording last week's episode, I, well, actually after releasing it, <laughs> I realized that I did this week's Come Follow Me a week early. Anyway, but I figured it's all good stuff and I'm not going to redo it. So I am very sorry, but maybe it was meant to be because I'm so excited for what I decided to talk about this week, General Conference. But first, I want to address something that I talked about last week. As I was listening to the episode and reflecting on how how it went and what I said, I felt that it needed a little bit of clarification. So in the episode, we talked about the literal city of Zion in the place where Independence, Missouri is right now. And I quoted DNC 4568, and it says, And it shall come to pass among the wicked that every man will not take his that will not take his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. And there shall be gathered unto it out of every nation under heaven, and it shall be the only people that shall not be at war one with another. And it shall be said among the wicked, Let us not go up to battle against Zion, for the inhabitants of Zion are terrible, wherefore we cannot stand. So I did some reading just because I was trying to understand more about this specific scripture and the gathering of Israel in general. And in the Gospel Principles book, chapter 42, it talks about the gathering of Israel. And it poses the question, how will the house, the house of Israel be gathered? So it says, the Israelites are to be gathered spiritually first, then physically. They are gathered spiritually as they join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and make and keep sacred covenants. The spiritual gathering began during the time that the prophet Joseph Smith during the time of the prophet Joseph Smith and continues today all over the world. Converts to the church are Israelites by either blood or adoption. They belong to the family of Abraham and Jacob. President Joseph Smilding Fielding Smilding Joseph Fielding Smith said, There are many nations represented in the church. They have come because the Spirit of the Lord rested upon them, receiving the Spirit of gathering. They left everything for the sake of the gospel. The physical gathering of Israel means that the covenant people will be gathered home to the lands of their inheritance and shall be established in all their lands of promise. The tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh will be gathered in the Americas. The tribe of Judah will will return to the city of Jerusalem and the area surrounding it. The ten lost tribes will receive, will receive from the tribe of Ephraim their promised blessings. When the church was first established, the saints were instructed to gather in Ohio, then Missouri, and then the Salt Lake Valley. Today, however, modern prophets have taught that the church med- members are to build up the kingdom of God in their own lands. Elder Russell, now president, M. Nelson, said, the choice to come unto Christ is not a matter of physical location. It is a matter of individual commitment. People can be brought to the knowledge of the Lord without leaving their homelands. True, in the early days of the church, conversion often meant immigration as well. But now the gathering takes place in each nation. The place for the ga- for gathering 
of the Brazilian saints is in Brazil. The place of gathering for Nigerian saints is in Nigeria. The place of gathering for Korean saints is in Korea and so forth. Zion is, quote, the pure in heart. Zion is wherever righteous saints are. The physical gathering of Israel will not complete until the second coming of the Savior and on into the millennium. Then the Lord's promise will be fulfilled. Close quote. So that was a lot. And one of my favorite things to talk to my kids about is the opportunity we have when we don't fully understand something. I tell them that it's an opportunity for us to exercise our faith and remember that we weren't meant to understand everything perfectly right now and that it's part of the Lord's plan to teach us line upon line. So I feel perfectly all right saying that there are some things within that that confuse me that I don't feel that I totally understand. Um, And it says in DNC 45 that we read at the beginning that every man that will not take up his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. So we know that there is a physical city of Zion that will exist. And then there is the definition of Zion as, quote, the pure in heart. So right now we're gathering each in our own nations to the stakes of Zion. And in that way, the gathering is taking place right now. When I hear the word flee, like it says in that scripture, it makes me think of leaving where you are physically right now and going elsewhere. So if right now I'm already gathered to a stake in Zion and assuming I am pure in heart and righteous, how does that scripture apply to me? Because it says every man that will not take up his sword against his neighbor, neighbor, and I hope that's me because I don't plan on taking a sword up to my neighbor. And that might be, obviously, it might not be, well, (laughs) we don't really use swords, but um, it could be fighting with words, or it could be fighting physically. I don't know. Must needs flee unto Zion for safety. So in what way would I flee if I'm already gathered spiritually? The gospel principles book says that there is first a spiritual gathering and then a physical gathering. So according to that, they are two separate things, but I also don't think that the entire world will literally converge on Zion, the new Jerusalem, or ancient Jerusalem. Maybe some people will. Maybe depending on your tribe, like it says in the gospel principles book, you are eventually gathered to a physical extension of Zion to flee for safety. Or maybe I'm completely misunderstanding and in being members of the church and pure in heart, therefore already, quote, in Zion, we are protected by being linked in our hearts. Um, One thing, my grandpa, I was talking to him about this, and he brought up the amazing amazing technology that we have. So it can be like we're in the same room with someone who's a thousand miles away. So I think all things are possible because with God, of course, all things are possible. And whatever his plan is, is perfect. But I don't have the perfect answer right now. And that's totally okay with me. If you, anybody listening, if you have any sources that explain this more thoroughly, I would love if you would send them to me. Um, Meanwhile, I'm going to keep reading and learning from the Spirit. And I encourage you to do that with any question you have. The church was restored starting with a question. And the Lord wants to reveal things to us. 
but we need to have patience and understanding that he will allow our understanding to be quickened on his timeline, not ours. And we need to have faith that even if we don't understand things right now, that he does. And that is all any of us need. Okay, on to what I really want to talk about today. So we all heard President Nelson's talk, Let God Prevail. He explained to us, with the help of two Hebrew scholars, I learned one of the Hebraic meanings of the word Israel is, quote, let God prevail. Thus, the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her own life. That concept stirs my soul. The word willing is crucial to this interpretation of Israel. We all have our agency. We can choose to be of Israel or not. We can choose to let God prevail in our lives or not. We can choose to let God be the most powerful influence in our lives or not. So as I read that, I was thinking, isn't it incredible and such insight into the purposes of God, which we know the purpose is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Isn't it incredible that he has a plan that involves and is, is hinging upon our agency? He knew and knows that we could not grow to be like him without agency. True agency, meaning we can choose him or not. We can choose to grow or not. We can choose good or not. Agency is such a mind-boggling thing to think about sometimes. We all know that amazing things can come as a result of using our agency the way God would have us use it. And that consequences, negative consequences, us not becoming like him can be the product of that agency as well. But in order for it to be true agency for all, God cannot interfere with the ripple effect of sin. That means that he cannot interfere with the ripple effect of the consequences of other people's choices and how they might affect us and cause bad things to happen to us. Lehi explains it so beautifully and perfectly in 2 Nephi chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. And I want you to listen carefully because he explains it so perfectly. And I'm not going to read all of 11 through 16, so I'm going to kind of skip a little section between in verse 12 and half of verse 11. For it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness could not be brought to pass. Neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must needs be a compound in one. Down to 13. And if ye shall say there is no law, ye shall also say that there is no sin. If ye shall say there is no sin, ye shall also say there is no righteousness. And if there be no righteousness, there be no happiness. And if there be no righteousness nor happiness, there be no punishment nor, nor misery. And if these things are not, there is no God. And if there is no God, we are not, neither the earth. For there could have been no creation of things, neither to act nor to be acted upon. Wherefore, all things must have been must have vanished away. Now, my sons, I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning, for, the, for there is a God, and he hath created all things, both in heaven and the earth, and all things that in them are, both things to, be, to act and to be acted upon. 
and to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man, after he hath created our first parents, and the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the air, and in fine all things which are created, it must needs be that there was an opposition, even the forbidden fruit in opposition to the tree of life, one being sweet and the other bitter. Wherefore the Lord gave unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore man could not act for himself, save it be that he was enticed by one or the other. This, this is why we are here, to choose to act or be acted upon. Ask yourself, which, which one, which category are you falling on? Are you choosing to act or be acted upon? Are you choosing to let God prevail or not? How can we align our will with the Lord's? As I was thinking about this, I decided that I think it starts with little steps. Are we willing to make him our priority? That's what I'm working on right now. I've often had the thought, wondering at myself, if aligning my will to the Lord is something that if it came down to something really, really huge, would I be able to accept the Lord's will as part of a perfect plan? I'm even hesitant to say that out loud. (laughs) I don't even want to voice some of the things that I think I could be tested with, like it'll jinx it and make it happen or something. But I still wonder, would I be humble enough to accept the Lord's will if it's something that would cause me great life-altering pain? You know what I think will show if you would be ready for something like that? I think it's if you are doing the little things that we already know are his will for you each day. I am certainly not amazing at this yet, at putting him first in my day. But I find on the days when I do put him first and think, what is the will of the Lord for me today? I already know a lot of the things that he wants me to do. He wants me to read my scriptures. He wants me to say my prayers He wants me to take a breath and calibrate before I respond to my children. He wants me to serve the sisters that I minister to. He wants me to be kind to my husband. He wants me to care more about what he thinks than what others think. He wants me to use my time wisely. He wants me to use the atonement. He wants me to be humble and admit when I was wrong. All throughout the day, I already know the little things that he wants me to do. And I think that when we're doing those little things, the big things become so much clearer because we've had practice in doing the little things that he's already asked us to do that we already know we're supposed to be doing. And it makes those large things, whenever we're those things are revealed to us or things happen in life that are his will, it becomes easier to accept those or follow through with whatever actions he wants you to take. President Nelson said, are you willing to let God prevail in your life? Are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? Will you allow his words, his commandments, his covenants to influence what you do each day? Will you allow his voice to take priority over any other? Are you willing to do whatever he needs you to do to take precedence over every other ambition? Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in his? Using President Nelson's questions, ask yourself, are you willing? Is that showing up in your actions? 
What did the Lord command us to do in John 14, 15? If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I know we've all heard the saying that love is a verb. How you show your love for him is to keep the commandments. Keeping the commandments are his will for us every day. And we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I'm striving to show God that I'm willing to let him prevail by going and doing. I certainly, for sure, do not always succeed. But my heart really wants to. I'm trying to bear my testimony to the world, to whoever's listening. I'm trying to use my time in a way that will glorify him and my Savior. I'm trying to do things to watch and listen to things that are good and lovely and praiseworthy so that I can have the spirit with me so I can notice when, as Nephi says, the devil is trying to carefully lead me down to hell. President Nelson said, when you are faced with temptation, even if the temptation comes when you are exhausted or feeling alone or misunderstood, Imagine the courage you can muster as you choose to let God prevail in your life and as you plead with him to strengthen you. When your greatest desire is to let God prevail, to be part of Israel, so many decisions become easier. So many issues become non-issues. You know how best to groom yourself. You know what to watch and read, where to spend your time, and with whom to associate. You know what you want to accomplish. You Know the kind of person you really want to become. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, it takes both faith and courage to let God prevail. It takes persistent, rigorous spiritual work to repent and put off the natural man through the atonement of Jesus Christ. It takes consistent daily effort to develop personal habits to study the gospel, to learn more about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and to seek and respond to personal revelation. During these perilous times of which the Apostle Paul prophesied, Satan is no longer even trying to hide his attacks on God's plan. Emboldened evil abounds. Therefore, the only way to survive spiritually is to be determined to let God prevail in our lives, to learn to hear his voice and use our energy to help gather Israel. I'd like to end with my testimony. I know that even though I don't understand it all the time, I know God's plan is perfect. I know that agency is here to perfect us, both to give us trials, since none of us will use it perfectly, and to allow us the choice to let God prevail or not. I know that God sees potential in me and in you. I feel it deep and true. He came here for me and for you. (laughs) That rhymes. He came here for me and for you to allow our agency to refine us while also providing a way for us to heal from our imperfect use of that agency. And it all starts with our little decisions. I am so determined to get better, to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ by letting him prevail. Thanks so much for listening this week. I love and appreciate and pray that you will share these episodes so that I can reach as many people as Heavenly Father wants me to. And I'll talk to you next week.